Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In The Pocket Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Chip Yinyard. This is episode eight. We've been gone for a while, and we're back, and we're back better than ever. Tonight's episode is going to be a very exciting episode. It's going to be very informative. I have a legend. I have a young legend in the house tonight, and he's going to tell us all about how he sustained a successful career in the film industry. Now, uh, a lot of times, you know, I I interview people from music, uh, from the music field, because I'm a musician. But uh, this time, I'm going to take it to someone I know personally that is in the film industry, and he has uh, come up in the ranks, and now he is a producer, director, playwright. He does it all, and he's from my hometown of Bridgeport, Connecticut. CT Stand Up. There are only a few times in life you meet someone, and you instantly know that they're special, like the real deal. When I met Tamir freshman year of high school, he already was carrying himself like he was that dude, and he really was. He was Mr. Superlative. He was the class president. Always kind, always swaggy, always artistic, always concerned about his people. Hailing from Bridgeport, Connecticut by way of New York and LA, I'm honored to sit down with this iconic figure. This gentleman is a brilliant entrepreneur, filmmaker, producer, director, actor, husband, father, and executive who has created a name that is respected in the most powerful entertainment networks. This man and I grew up in the same city, Bridgeport, Connecticut. We walked the same hallways, we rode the same city buses, and we were in some of the same clubs and classes. He's a brilliant scholar, this dude was National Honor Society. He played the sax. He's a musician. Um, I think he was the running back on the football team, a playwright, and a poet. He was the president of the African American Club. He did it all, and we were just 17. Um, we, I think we even went to the junior ring dance together as a crew. I got those pictures, too. Without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to the pod my friend and brother, Hollywood filmmaker and producer for Warner Brothers, HBO Max, and HBO, the founder of Populous Productions, my bro and fellow hilltopper, because I'm repping the central red and black today. For my bro, Mr. Tamir Muhammad. I need, I need you for my hype machine. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. Welcome, welcome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm excited to have you, bro. It's been a long time coming. I'm honored that you took the time out because I know you're still in production right now and wrapping everything up. But thank you for taking the time out to, to chill with your homeboy, man. Nah, listen, I mean, it's such an honor to to be a part of what you're doing. And I mean, everything you said about me is mutual. You know, I knew from from earlier on, even, you know, when we were in elementary school, seeing yeah. you from a distance, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, look, anything that you are a part of, I'm there. So I appreciate you. Man, I'm honored that you took the time out to be here. Um, I just want to pick your brain for some insight on how to get successful and get into the game, find your niche. And stay relevant. You know, it's hard. When every, some people get a chance and they don't keep it, you know. So I want to find out what makes you tick and, and how to maintain a meaningful, successful career. Yeah, I mean, where, where do we start? We're going to get started right now. Let's go. <laughs> so let's get a little background. Let's do a, a little opening segment of, you know, we're from Bridgeport, the 203. We went to Central High School. I'm repping my Hilltoppers for you today. And uh, we didn't grow up in a major metropolitan area. So how was it growing up in Bridgeport? Well, listen, I mean, that's what makes me tick. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, you know, anybody who knows me, there's a reason I don't live in L.A. and Hollywood. Because for mm-hmm. me, it's, you know, I live in New York, close to Connecticut, mm-hmm. but I'm back and forth. Largely because I grew up on the east end of Bridgeport. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't have much, but we had everything at the same time. You know, right. it was such, you know that that community was community even though we were unfortunately growing up on a dead end street, you wow. know, in. 
And I didn't even have, you know, we didn't really have cable and television until I was about 12. Wow. So a lot of my early start was just using my imagination quite a bit. But yeah, it just for me, it's always just been I felt like the universe got it wrong. You know, mm. like they I was set up in a situation that I felt like wasn't meant to be just where that was where my my journey was going to end on that dead end street. Right. And, and even though we had nothing, we had everything. But I just felt like there was something else out there. And yeah. So for a lot of reasons, I use that as motivation. Uh, and to be frank, had a chip on my shoulder. A little hey. bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, growing up in the inner city, right? They the odds are against us and very, very few of us make it out of that situation in a positive manner like you did. Um, so props to you, man, for, you know, putting your head down and pushing to to make something of yourself. And I know you attributed to your development as a young man. So how were your early years? Like, how many siblings do you have? I'm one of, of, of five. I have four wow. sisters, no brothers. So Only I, boy. Yeah, but my sisters <laughs> are not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> who know them, I got right. knocked around quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so, and I owe a lot to them and my mom and dad for grounding me and keeping Absolutely. me honest. I think that's yeah. the most important thing, too, is being able to be kept honest, you know, yeah. and surrounding yourself with people, you know, especially in the industry that I'm in, you could get lost really fast. Absolutely. That circle where people just going to call you out, keep you honest. Yeah. Uh, that's always important. So your mom was a pillar in the community and a small business owner. Um, she was a key figure in our community uh, growing up. What was it like witnessing her conduct business at an early age? I mean, to be honest, it was inspiring, but it was also hard. You know, okay. I think I didn't have the true understanding when I was growing up. You know, my mom was just a woman who, any mother who had hardship, my mom would watch your kid. And, you know, mm. one thing that she always did was never put a price tag on any kid's head. And so we pretty much at any given moment had, you know, an extra 15, 20 kids in our house. Wow. But in token, we grew up in a one bedroom apartment, you know, mm. so it was tough doing it but then when i look back in hindsight you know it's like that's how I, you know early on you you turn that into opportunity and some of those kids became you know actors in my place wow, that's like, right you know or just you, you you get story you get to the heart of just how you know because again i'm i was one of those nosy kids so when yeah. the parents came in and, and dropped their hardship I'm, I'm listening and so it's again it's just you gotta take for what it is for for what it is but my mom I would tell you more importantly what she gave me outside of just the idea of, you know, being a part of your community mm-hmm. was just the importance of how to be a black man. Yes. And I'm being specific when I say a black man, you know, uh, in this, in this country, you know, she never, never yielded on that. You know? Right. She prepared me, you know, such early on about just exactly what that meant. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was very crucial. Mm. So your mom uh, had a daycare business, right? Yeah, yeah. So how did yeah. that how did that business help shape your your uh, your mind creatively? Again, I got to use a I I got to work with a lot of those kids to make stories because yeah. again we didn't have TV, so we, we would do that. But it also I think for me, it allowed me to also watch what my sisters and them experience was for it too. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm currently, for example, writing a. A, a movie that is loosely inspired by my sister, you know, Tahita, who, you know, is my hero. 
And Shout out Tahita. <laughs> and you know, those from Connecticut who knows, she means she doesn't, she don't play, she don't hold any punches, and she nah. a powerhouse, and she gonna demand it, and she gonna go out there and get it. But right. I think I was able to, with my mom and her business and everything, you know, again, watch people like Tahita, you know, Tanisha and Tahira and Talia, all my sisters sort of have their own version of how that affected them. And yeah. I think for me, it just, again, made me um, just appreciative of my mom. Right. There's so many people who, you know, in our situation will just let it be what it is. You know, they mm -hmm. wouldn't go out there and try to figure it out for themselves. You know, that, that again grounded us and just like, we're, despite what's happening, there's a business minded sense that has to go into it. You know, yeah. you mm -hmm. can't just settle and just say your situation is what it is. And so I, I was able to eat because of that. But at the same token, it made it where I can go in that neighborhood of East End and yeah. pretty much everybody knew who I was. Right. Just because my mom babysit them at some time. They yeah. watched their kid, their nephew, their whoever. So it just extended our, our, our sense of community as well. Right, strong pillar in the neighborhood, man. She's a legend in, on the East End. In the I mean, it's no different. It's no different from your family. You know how it is. Your family Ooh. legends on their own, and yeah. it's just again, uh, your family represented for so many people that didn't have the idea of just you know how dope your dad you know was to so many people. Just an example of a dad when they yeah. didn't have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And watching just the love you had for your sister. I mean, that again for people that didn't have that yeah it's, that it's, example represents so much and you know I, the list goes on from your uncles you named it right yeah <laughs> you know what's up man thank you so much for the love man but uh those those situations help make us and help shape us to be the men we are today and i'm grateful for that foundation um yes, and it definitely we're here to honor you so enough about me but we're here to <laughs> we're here to honor you man um so you grew up on the east end you attended uh what elementary school at first i i went to mckinley McKinley. Uh, I know wow. it's not I didn't know that. McKinley anymore, but I went to McKinley the first, you know, uh, two years, and then I went to High Rising Magnet uh, School. Right. So shout out to to both. Um, yeah, and my mom, you know, she she was again diligent in trying to make sure we yeah. all got to the Magnet School, and you know, I'll, I'll never forget my my mom one time came to the school and told them like, look, you can give my son the Christopher Columbus pictures, and he can <laughs> color them. But you're not about to tell him Christopher Columbus discovered America, you know? Yeah, straight <laughs> that, like that. <laughs> that was my mom, you know? He could yeah. color the pictures, but you're not about to tell him that Columbus discovered America because he that didn't. That Your mom, was, <laughs> she was bomb. Always, always, man. You know? So where did your love for the arts and media? I know storytelling came from you expanding on your imagination and what you saw, but now we get to high school, right? You're you're writing your plays and and you know, poems and things of that nature when you're at elementary school. Now we're in high school, we're 14, 15. Where, where does that love come from? I'm not gonna sit here and pretend because there's somebody out there listening who hasn't found what they are passionate about yet. You yeah. know, when they're young and I don't wanna make it ever appear like I was, since I was five years old, yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah. a paper in my hand because that yeah. is not the case. Right. Um, and in fact, like I said, we didn't grow up watching tv shows and we didn't you know go to the movies we, we didn't we couldn't afford it right so but again because of all that storytelling that i was doing the plays and the poems and all that yeah. it wasn't until i got to high school that i was able to articulate it 
Right. And I think a couple of things happened. Number one, uh, Spike Lee. Wow. You know, it's just my aunt and mom, again, they just, again, black men. They yeah. They to celebrate a black man making a movie. So they made sure I was able to go to the movies to see a movie, you know, it was do the right thing. Do probably, the right thing, yeah. I was probably a tad too young to watch some of it, but. Right. <laughs> it was important for my aunt, you know, Linda and my mom to just make sure I saw it as a right. black and then for me to know, like, wow, there's a black dude out there who is getting it. You know, as I got into high school, you know, the second thing that it did was that um, I was able because Central had uh, a, a a class um, yeah. where they, if you remember, they used to have TV Central that they used to do. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, public access. <laughs> yes, and so you know, you needed an elective, and I I felt like I was writing enough stories, and I wanted to give that a try, and. I started to realize I was, you know, other people thought I was good at it, you know, yeah. to the point where I was winning awards. And I mean, I, and I have to look back, you know, as much as I try to be humble, I think you, 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 you alluded to it. I kind of walked around a little bit like, no, nah, I'm gonna go do this. You know, and yeah. I, that, I always had that sense of purpose, but not in a cocky way, just more in a confident way. And so for me, it was just, once I took that class and that camera got in my hand, it was yeah. just like, I'm about to take over the world. Bro, uh, your mind was open. We were 16 years old and you already were advanced. Um, I don't know if you remember, but we won the state contest together. The, oh, great, the great American Smokeout. And so Yes. Yes, we so did. So we won we won the award together. So um you we were our teacher, I can't remember his name, but he commissioned us to do an entry for the statewide contest. And it was for the it great American. It was a national. Uh, yes, it was. That's right. It was a state. But yeah, go ahead. No, and we um we sat down and brainstormed, and you came up with this great idea for the cigarette burning out. And then you wrote <laughs> yeah. the word life on. So no, I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, but I, you're my you were my intro. My dad was my, part of my intro to media because my dad was the first black man from the University of Bridgeport to graduate with a journalism degree. So, oh, wow. yeah, he wanted to be a, uh, he chose to be a preacher and, and did other things in the phone company communications, but his love and his major was journalism and oh, wow. he, and he majored in journalism. He was the first black man to graduate from UB with a journalism degree. Oh wow! And so he really wanted to be, you know, he wanted to be Ryan Gumble. He wanted to be that guy, like a TV anchor, never had the opportunity, but his love for reporting, he still would do it in church. He would interview people. He would, you know, do the media and the radio broadcast for our church and stuff. So he found his way. He would write speeches for my grandfather. So he was that guy. And um, his love, you know, recently I lost him in 2018, but yeah. I was trying to think of a way I could honor him and why not pick up the mantle of journalism and, and, and start my podcast. But all that said, you know, I really wasn't thinking about that as a kid. You know, he was just doing his thing. But when, when I got to high school and I met you and we were in the media class together, you know, uh, our teacher put us together to work on the project together. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that so was... no, go ahead, go ahead, and go so ahead. we came together and I remember working with other, like he commissioned me to do the music. So I did the score for the 30 second or one minute film that we put together. And because of you, um, you sparked my interest into wanting to be do media and actual professional music as well. Well, listen, that, that just to even hear you say that means a lot to me. And yeah. honest, like, I never forget these moments because right. I know I know it's it's bigger than me. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's like 
to hear that and even remember you so right. Like yeah. I remember us winning. And that was an example of what I mean of like, wait a minute, we we won? Okay. Yeah. Um and it just for me was just like once that happened. And yeah. also like I ended up going in high school uh to a program at NYU. Mm. Um the same teacher had handed me the brochure. They wasn't even taking kids from Connecticut. They was like you have to live in New York, but somehow mm-hmm. I split in there and Ended up in high school every Saturday, going back and forth. Uh, so you commuted back and forth. Yeah, every Saturday wow. at NYU, um, in high school, you know, to 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 again uh, take classes. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was just like moments like that to just ground it to be like, wait a minute, you 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 have a love for this, and people are also showing you that what you're doing is working. So yeah, and motivation. Yeah. Uh- I'll never forget those times, man. It was a great time in high school. And then you move on to go to NYU. Um, we were so proud of you to do that. I moved on to do music full time and uh, travel and tour and do different things. And like uh, it just it all started in that elective classroom in, in Central in E Corridor. And we were down there <laughs> creating. And I think you had the brilliant idea to have a cigarette burnout. Oh, yeah, wow. there goes a fair mediators. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've love been, it, uh, love it. I was digging through the yearbook. But um, yeah, and you came up with the idea to have a cigarette, and you wrote the word "life" on the cigarette, and then you, uh, we lit the cigarette and let it burn out, and I created the soundtrack on a cassette tape, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I had I think Melvin Riley play some chords on it, and I put a beat on it, and like, you know, whatever whatever it was, the music supported what your visual was, and we won, and that that did something. Do you to remember me. what it felt like when we won? Yeah. Like, wait, what? Like, yeah. you know, it was just two friends just going out and saying, Let, let's let's do it, you know, mm-hmm. and to win at that moment was just monumental. And, you know, I know you saying it's not about me, Kevin, but like, you know, you for me, you know, like I remember you when I was in elementary school and you yeah. used to come to the assembly <laughs> principal as a representative for your school. Right. And you consistently came and I used to be like, are you the only kid from your school? They <laughs> keep choosing you. Right. But then when I got to know you in high school, to know you is to know you. You yeah. know what I mean? You weren't just one of those people who, you know, you showed up with a purpose. And there are so many people who don't don't do that. But then when you got to know when I got to know your family, I understood mm-hmm. where it was coming from. You know, yeah. you understood you was representing something. And yeah. again, when I went back and said it was bigger than me, anything I'm doing, I know it's not just me. I'm doing it for my mom. I'm doing it for my dad. I'm doing, Absolutely. For, my, I'm doing it for Bridgeport. Yeah. You know, I'm doing it for my family, my, my two daughters and my wife, you know? Absolutely. So like, I understand the purpose I have is greater than me. And so yeah. I think again, just, I know it's, you're saying it's not about you, but I just got to give you your flowers and salute you for being consistent about it. Thank because you, that's, that, that's the key to any success is consistency, you know? Yeah, man. To, you know, yeah, just so everybody knows, uh, Tamir and I have been a big deal for a long time. You know, we we rocked. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We rocked these superlatives. If you see most talented, um, your boy right here, and then most popular. You know, most reliable, most likely to succeed. And bro, you are succeeding, man. We are so happy. I got my boy Tamir Muhammad in the building, man. Oh man, so let's let's keep going. So we get through high school. You know, you are the man in high school football you know, peer leader, African-American club, you do everything. You, I don't think you had any downtime. I don't know how you kept your grade so high with all those activities, man. How, how did you do it? Uh, my sister, Taida. Yeah. You know, she's somebody who she didn't let me settle. 
You know, mm -hmm. if I went and got an A minus and she knew that I got an A plus the semester before, she's like, why are you celebrating that? You know, mm. um, you know, that's not your your best. And I'd be yeah. like, leave me alone. I'm on an honor roll. She'd be like, <laughs> right. No. Or she'll, she'll be like, she'll be like, why you didn't apply to such and such? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm just a freshman. She'd yeah. be like, so? You know, like she yeah. just had that she pushed you. mentality. She did not let me make any excuses. I mean, she she's someone that, for example, you know, during COVID, she realized that there was a one-time opportunity to go to school, mm -hmm. go back to school without having to go to the campus. So yeah. just because, you know, she was already successful with a national job, she went and got her, her degree at Harvard right now, wow. second degree at Harvard. You know, that's just always been my sister. Amazing. Despite the same situations we were we were growing up in. Yeah. So if for for me, she never let she never let up on me. And yeah. so I'll be honest, you know, she's a big part of, you know, why I was able to 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 sort of navigate it. And as you know, we I kept a busy schedule because absolutely <laughs> you know absolutely bro. So we graduate you graduate with high honors and then uh was NYU your first choice or your, your main choice? It was my first and only. I wouldn't advise it, but I, <laughs> the only school I applied to. <laughs> <laughs> I had some stupid, but you remember how I was. Like, oh, right. I, right. I had some stupid like idea in my head. like like, And plus, I was really coming into my faith at that time. Okay. You know, I grew up Muslim. Talk and, about it. But at the same token, my mom and my grandma would take me to church and my aunt every every weekend. Mount Airy. Yeah. And yes, so sir. I grew up in the church even though I was Muslim, right? And so, you know, right now I would tell you that culturally I'm still Muslim, but religiously I'm Christian. And I think like by the time I got into high school, outside of just I'm feeling like I've done this, I've accomplished this. Yeah. You know, ready, my faith was also making it like I felt like I was more in tune to what my calling was. Yeah, talk so, about it, bro. Whether or not, you know, I could sit here and tell you that it's the smartest move because yeah. it, it could have not maybe work. But it was like in my head, I was like, I feel like this is my calling. And yeah. either, or I'm not. And so it was sort of NYU or not. And so I again and I also had a little bit of an edge because at that point, I already had did their high school program. Yeah. So I got into you chance to know some of the administrators and anybody in the high school uh, stage watching this. I think that's a little bit of it too. Forming relationships early. Yes. Um, not because you want something immediately, mm -hmm. but allowing them to get to understand who you are because everything can't be explained about you on paper. Right. You know, they, so at the end of the day, I, I applied to NYU. It was my you know, it was, it was for me, like, if Spike Lee's there, I'm there. And not that I wanted to be, you know, the next Spike Lee. And everyone used to always say that, oh, you're going to be the next Spike Lee. Absolutely. They deemed you like, that. No, I'm going to be the first Samir Muhammad, not the next Talk Spike about Lee. it, bro. <laughs> you know, like, but I, more importantly, is that for me, it was just important that, like, that was where I felt like I needed to be. So I bet it. I put all the chips in. Everything in, right? All in. So coming from Bridgeport, you know, our high school was pretty big. How did you experience culture shock going to New York City, being at NYU? Uh, nah, because again, that high school experience going every Saturday. Prepared. Yeah, prepared you. Prepared. Cool. So you you go through the whole process at NYU. Um, how did college prepare you for the industry? It did and it didn't. Okay. 
you know, NYU is a really, I mean, it's one of the, arguably the, 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 the number one or two top schools in the, in the country. Um, mm-hmm. We talk about the, you know, the world, it's up there too, right? Yeah. Um, and what it did prepare me for is to understand the language that people use. Right. Okay. Terminology. Another way that people exclude you. You know, it's mm. like they're speaking to you and you, you don't know the terminology yeah. when they say something to you. So it prepared me in that way of understanding the, the, the language of how yeah. to communicate my idea, how to uh, go about trying to get crew together, fundraise, all of that. So mm-hmm. it, it taught me that. It also, again, taught me, you know, because earlier on I was able to have to, some of those classmates went on to do great things, but it allowed me and taught me sort of indirectly how to navigate different people because mm-hmm. the same sort of like politics that are outside yeah. the industry was also happening within the school okay i think what it didn't prepare me for and a lot of people is how to get a job mm. you know that is one of the toughest thing of getting your break in the industry okay and it didn't prepare me or a lot of people i would say on how to do just that you know the industry is constantly shifting those who are fortunate to have a job are constantly worried about losing it yeah and you know how can somebody prepare you for something that's constantly evolving yeah you know? um the education that i got you know years ago is almost obsolete to how the business is even you know operating right yeah now. you know because it's, it's evolved that much right things change oh, 100%. all the time technology 100%. changes Procedures change and you have to stay current in order to stay relevant. I mean, it's changing now. It's changing now, you know. Anytime an announcement for a merger happens, you know, there's Mm -hmm. people like myself who are impacted because there's so many people within that company that, you know, myself outside of it gets impacted. So, you know, it's it's changing. The way we view, consume, and create is just, you know, different than even 10, 15 years ago. Right. So what was your first break uh, post-college? It was through my internships. Okay. You know, again, I when I talk about starting relationships early. Yes. I was really strategic about my internships. And so um, Tribeca um, was one of my first internships. Uh, you know, I was, again, came in through it, through NYU. Um, mm-hmm. One of my professors worked there. Um, and then I interned for them. Um, and... Uh, from there, when I graduated, um, I, can't, I came on to sort of like help the Jane Rosenthal, who was the co-founder's assistant. Legend. Legend. Yeah. So I came on to be sort of like, they, they hired me to sort of support her team. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Jane Rosenthal by- is not a name to just throw around. She's a <laughs> executive chair of the Tribeca Enterprises, and I think she had worked with Robert De Niro as well, right? Yeah, he co-founded the company with Robert De Niro, and... You know, she's very instrumental early on in my career. And I think any success requires a lot of people nurturing it and yes. sort of opening the door for you. And she was one of the first that I would tell you with the with the with the power that she had to have yes. open that door because you know, when I interned and I was very strategic about how I was like able to get access to her. Because yes. you know, when you're in an internship and it's a big company, you don't right. you know, and for another day, or I can say it now, I was very strategic and she was able to see me and then recognize something in me that, you know, again, I benefited in a lot of times in my career. Someone seeing something in me and saying, yes. hey, come here. Yeah. And 
And so it was right around the time that 9-11 happened and mm. they didn't even, um, you know, I was living in New York, I was in NYU. Um, it was a horrible time. Yeah. And uh, they used to do these things called dinner downtown to get Robert De Niro and her wanted people to come and like have dinner in the downtown area. And I was fortunate to be at one of the events and uh, it was like people like, you know, Whoopi Goldberg and Julian Schnabel and all these big name people. And somebody just in the middle of dinner was like, hey, we should do a film festival. And they were like, that's a great idea. And yeah. so, you know, like we put together a film festival, you know, and I was there helping her, Jane and her office with it. And um, then I stayed for just, you know, another year or two after that, when I graduated, stayed like another year. And then it was just, I kind of outgrew it from me. Yeah, you know, okay. It was just something that, you know, I, I had decided I needed to sort of find another pathway. Okay. How many years um, did you serve working with the Tribeca? So I, in, I interned there for about two years. And then I, for like the first, you know, I don't know, half a year, a year after I graduated. Mm -hmm. um, I also, at that time, started working uh, at a at a small production company where we repped a lot of different directors and we did a lot of music videos. Nice. And so I worked to help the directors rep, help to get our music videos for those directors. And then I started working in productions and I did everything. You know, I started from the, the bottom where I was like PAing on one shoot. Wow. A second AD and on another one, and then yeah. I was on this. I was just out there again, like everybody else, trying to find my way and 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 get, um, and get um, and get paid you know, because I had to live and eat. You know where we yeah. come from. You can't just call back home and say, "Hey, no. whatever." <laughs> so again, I think when you talk about my mom and even my dad, you know, my dad was somebody who worked two jobs for a big chunk of my life, and so yeah. I just watch him go get it, and so. While I was doing all that, you know, again, and just because this is meant to sort of help encourage people, I got lost for a second. Okay, talk about you know? it. And I think for me, the loss, being lost was that I was grinding mm -hmm. for survival, you know, for that check, for that, like, I need to eat. Yeah. And not grinding for, like, what I knew I was destined to be. Oh, it wow. was just like trying to get the next job yeah. as opposed to like getting that next step because in New York it's so expensive. And I was like, yeah. I got to eat. Hustling I gotta eat. just to, to make eat. it. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I can't turn this thing down because I got to eat. Yeah. And again, when we talk about destin destiny, I was one day on set. And uh, <laughs> when you go on set, they normally put you in these like 16 passenger vans. Mm -hmm. And it was this, this woman was just, you know, I'm trying to sleep. She talking to me, talking my ear off. I'm like, <laughs> right. I guess, I guess this means I got to talk to you. And I kind of like woke up and she just said it to me. Like, she was like, look, why are you doing this? Like, you don't seem like somebody that should just like be doing production like everybody else. Like you seem like you should, should go out there and do something else. So mm -hmm. she introduced me to one of her friends to interview me. And it was in that interview that it sparked something back in me to say, wait a minute, like, you know, I know I have to eat, but yeah. I've already betted on myself so many times. Yeah. I mean, you got to bet on yourself again. So right. once I started to interview again, I reached back out to Jane for a recommendation. 
Wow. Um, and she was like, wait, I didn't know you needed a job. <laughs> like, wow. like, why you didn't, why you didn't call me? Like you could work, you could work here. And wow. so they introduced me, uh, to, to, uh, the, the head of, um, the film Institute at the time. And then, you know, from there they hired me wow. and then I spent pretty much seven, eight years of my, my career at that point. And this is in our early, we're in our twenties now. This is like two thousands, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I came. So in. we're still trying to figure it out <laughs> at that stage, you yeah. know. Yeah, and like that... I was always able to get a job. Yeah, right? and always. in a sense of like hustling to make money, I was always everybody was hiring me on sets, and I was all good. Come on, that Bridgeport grind don't stop, man. <laughs> we, we know, <laughs> but it was it was more doing lateral moves, which, by the way, is not bad if no. what you need is to survive. Yes, but I just felt like there was something else. Whew, something Four. else, man. Talk and about so, it, man. And so I just had to bet again. And I, I ended up, again, from the relationship and the experience with Jane, and I was able to reach out. And she was like, hey, like, why you didn't tell me? Well, and I, and then I, it's something I'm also bad at. I'm sometimes bad at utilizing my contacts in the right way. Networking is so important, bro. Like, you you, you got to help the kids, man. Networking, yeah. you, had, you had, I mean, now there's the, there's the balance between being aggressive, you know, being hungry and thirsty, right? You know, mm -hmm. doing too much. You got to try to play your position and not ruin the contact or the connection that you have. So we always find that balance. But you're a go-getter, man, and, and your work speaks for you. So I'm sure Jane was elated to, to help you on your way. Well, I think to your point, that's very key because I feel like, I mean, it's never your it's never for you to determine what your value is to someone else. Right. You can determine your own value, but I mean, you can't be like, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah. <laughs> Blow up, you know? Right. <laughs> right. But, but what I'm telling you is that it's timing, right? Right. I came to her at a point where I didn't need anything. Yeah. You know, it was that I was already doing something. Yes. And she was like, well, if you're doing that, why don't you do it with us? Yeah. As opposed to, it's always just like, can I? Can I? Can I yeah. need this? I need this. I need that. Um, Your blessing was right there waiting for you, and you just had to. And you, because you weren't looking for anything, you know, it was right there waiting for you. Yeah. So I was able to offer just the idea that, like, hey, I'm about to go do this, and she's yeah. like, I'm doing with us, right? And so again, I was fortunate to spend, you know, eight years of my That's career. Amazing, bro. This. Uh, Supporting so many different filmmakers, yeah. uh, running running initiatives and programs and funding, um, and being a part of the industry in a very different way. Bro, you and had to grow up so fast. Think about the average. I mean, if you're in your mid twenties, you're you're with major people. Have you ever had a starstruck moment? Uh, no, no, too cool and, for that. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm weird. Like I'm I'm somebody you know. Like I meet and work with a lot of you know right. prominent people um, yes but you know i think for me there's only maybe a couple of times and yeah. i'm somebody like basketball uh, players and yeah. old school hip-hop heads are the okay. only ones when i'm like what Whoa. you know <laughs> right 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 but like just the other no um okay and again i've worked in alongside Jane and Robert Jadero for years. Right. I mean, and Jane but, Rosenthal did what a Bronx tale, meet the parents, yeah, meet yeah. the Fockers when they see yeah. us. 
analyze this. I mean, amazing classic movies, man. And you're rubbing elbows with these. But what I would tell you, my one moment and one of my proudest moments, you know, um, people who know me, know me, know that Quincy Jones is like, uh, like my idol. And he is our idol body. Like when you look at his career and how he did, he came from rough situation. Absolutely. Uh, But then he touched so many different, uh, different things. And yeah, the way he he thought and filmed TV uh, scoring, you know, you go down to, you know, just what he was able to bring to the table. Um, yes. You know, like I was recently heard a story about how Michael Jackson and then when they did the Thriller album, the original song Thriller wasn't really Thriller. It was some other song called mm. and Quincy Jones sort of came in the room and was like, nah, that ain't it. Yeah, that ain't it. And turned it into thriller. And so when you hear people like that, that for me, if you want to talk about a starstruck moment, um, I remember when I was at Tribeca, I went to Jane and I told her how much he meant to her. And he actually was responsible for connecting Jane and Robert De Niro together. And so I was like to her, I was like, I need to honor Quincy. And he don't know me, but right. he needs to know his influence for someone like me. I mean, I was listening to his music in the back of a station wagon, you know, yeah, exactly. before, before yeah. I even go watch TV, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, Jane and, and allowed me to honor him at Tribeca. And I, I mean, I honored a lot of people, like for example, Nelson Mandela and the list goes on, but yeah. it was when I was able to honor, uh, you know, Quincy Jones. Was, was he able to attend? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, I got the, if I, if I could find it, it might even be on YouTube. I got okay. the footage of when I, when I when when I made the intro for him and, and he cried and um, it just for me it was like yeah I'm, that's a moment like, you know like that's just for me like that was that was the moment you know well this is episode eight of in the pocket podcast with Kevin Chip Ginyard we are interviewing my friend and brother filmmaker and producer Tamir Mohammed he is a media mogul man and he is out here with us um, I am just happy that he's here we are so proud of you bro. I have a surprise for you, man. I brought somebody here that wants to give you some well wishes. Check this out. <laughs> hey. The homie, the homie. My sis Shakira Simpson is on. She, she is an A1 day one with Tamir and myself, man. But Tamir and Shakira are besties, man. So go ahead, Kira. Welcome to the show. Listen, that <laughs> love, love, love. Hey. <laughs> So um, when Chip asked me if I wanted to come on and speak, I was like, absolutely. (laughs) So you know how proud I am of you. You know how dope I think you are. Um, You were just doing big things and we are just like, yeah, just, you know, so proud of you, you, man. I appreciate it. And it means so much to me. I mean, I'm trying not to get teary eyed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like my love for you guys is just like everything. And I think, you know, when you talk to me, Chip, like what does it like part of why I got teary eyed is because I think about my godson, the sky. Yes, sir. um, Shakira's son. And, you know, my journey has been very blessed, but it's not over, you know? No. No, I know what else I want to do. And I know my, I know. Like again, there's there's people like Askaya who, you know, when Shakira sends me his animations and his drawings and his videos, like I'm just like, holy crap, like it's, it's the like next generation, it, bro. Right? It's you amazing, know I mean? yeah, man. 
and that that weight of that responsibility for me is just to even know that Shakira will put that in my hands. Yeah, you know, it's just everything to me. I mean, you seem to be crying about it. Yeah, you know? nah, man. You this know? is the love. This is the moment I wanted, man, because you deserve it, man. And and I think it means so much coming from where we come from. Um, you know, our city is not respected in that in that aspect. So you know, some people say, "Can anything good come out of Bridgeport?" And I have two witnesses right here to say that two two people from Bridgeport are doing very well in life. And uh, we just wanted to come out here and show you love, bro. Um, we go way back, you know, I mean, way back. Oh my God. <laughs> there it is, there it is. I mean, this is oh what, 95, 96, you know, maybe 98, I don't know. But these are, this is how far back we go. <laughs> Shout out to Buddha too. That's and, it. And, and, and Shakira didn't like me when she first met me. Oh, tell God. tell that story like real quick. You were my ride or die. You were my ride or die. How we crossed paths. I think we had like the same friends. But mm -hmm. Tamir was this cocky little thing. And I could not stand him. I remember he had this crazy bop when he walked. He used yes. to walk Heart. and he always wore these headphones but he yep. never had ears they was always on his head yeah and i look at him i'm like yo i cannot stand this dude like i hated tamir so much i wanted to fight tamir <laughs> <laughs> and now he's your son's godfather <laughs> one of my best friends and my son's godfather like yes. how yeah <laughs> see but i was misunderstood you know i think i think call it cocky i was more i i just knew no nah, you knew you was you knew bro because i had a little bit of that too and i think people confuse confidence with conceit right you know it's just the way we yeah. brought up and you know we were raised differently to carry our head high and know our value at an early age and everybody couldn't handle that blame my mom and my sister word <laughs> <laughs> like you no you great yeah. you good so yeah uh but you know i got so much love for you shakira it's like you already know you know it's, it's just like it's again absolutely kira thank you so much for coming on and showing love to our brother um i appreciate it. I, I called you at the last minute and you jumped on we've been trying to get this done for the last two months bro so kira's been right. waiting to, for this moment so i'm glad i know, I know. <laughs> where's the guy he's, he's near he, he can jump no. on it he can, he's he's downstairs drawing on his ipad right now <laughs> nice <laughs> and he got that same swagger right he know who he is he know what's up Scorpios, that's why. That's what I'm telling you. Uh, big Scorpio energy. Yes. I mean, Sky is an athlete. He's a musician. Like he does it all. And this world and this industry is going to constantly try to remind him he ain't who he is. Yeah. It's gonna have to take that level of commitment of like, nope. Mm -hmm. You know, I know who yeah. I am. <laughs> like, right. no, he's not gonna trick me. And tell me no. It is what it is. So, absolutely. Well, Kira, thank you for your time. I appreciate you giving my love to Malik and Sanaa. Wow. And uh, we love you. Thank you for your time tonight. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. That was a nice surprise, right? Yeah, man. You got you got tears. You, you got you all in your feelings and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. I'm glad. God gave that, me that those idea. Those are happy tears, though. Yeah, you know? those are happy tears, man. It crossed my mind. I know how much, um, even with uh, Shakira reconnecting us, you know, we had it been a few years since we've spoken. And then she had us uh, now our text thread. And, you know, we talk through text and you're so busy. But uh, I, I appreciate the moments that we have that we share when we talk through text, man. Yeah, we got to do it more. Hey, man, you know, we got history, man. We winning awards out here. It's time to get that uh, <laughs> yeah. Academy Award, that Oscar, whatever we need to get. Absolutely.
Yes, sir. So um, I'm not going to hold you too much longer, man. You, you dropped so many gems. Salute to you on your deal uh, with HBO Max and, you know, everything that you're doing over there. Talk to me about Populous. Yeah, Populous is a company that I, I launched. Um, and, you know, the word Populous means exactly what it is, people. Yeah. I'm interested in what people are interested in. But by design, it also had the word pop in it. I think the best way to connect us is pop culture. Yes. And so all the stories and the films and TV shows that we're working on, you know, I have a really great partner, uh, Marissa uh, Skleroff. Uh, yeah. And she and I, you know, are just going out there and we getting it. And I think, you know, collectively, we always look for that duality in story. You know, I'm the type, I come home, I just want to relax. I want something well-told, genre-driven. Mm -hmm. yeah. While there's other people who they go home and they want to lean in and get all the commentary. And I just think great content could do both. Yeah. And so, again, we're, we're, we're people like that. And so, again, uh, we have really great partners. Um, mm -hmm. I have a, a first look with Warner Brothers on the film side. Yes. Uh, and then um, HBO and HBO Max on the TV side. Um, Amazing. One of my shows that I have, uh, Random Acts of Flyness, that's on HBO. The second season is coming out. Let's uh, go. Yes. This Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a show that, again, um, you know, for some, they might need some explanation, but we're not going to explain it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch it. You have to watch it to get into uh, it. Yeah. In, but, you know, it's been a, it's been a great journey. And again, yeah. like I said, I'm, I'm just getting started. You are, man. Young man in this game. I, I don't call us old. I call us young OGs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, do you lean on lean more to scripted works, or are you open to document style stories? I think you know. Look, I supported a lot of documentaries, and okay, rare. You know, one of the ones that I'm most proud of is uh, the one that um, based on Nas, "Time Is Illmatic." Um, you know, um, yes, that's one of the ones that, for example, that I uh, I supported, and but I would tell you that I think for me. Uh, the sort of scripted world is probably where my main focus is. Okay. Unless there is a documentary that is, again, talking about pop culture. Right. You know, I like to really look at things that I feel, again, are very genre-driven. Um, okay. So that's really where the focus is right now. Got you. What advice can you give to the next generation of aspiring filmmakers, screenwriters, uh, playwrights, and producers? No one's going to give it to you. Mm. Talk about you it. You have to know who you are before you show up. Yeah. And it's in knowing who you are that's going to keep you grounded, number one. It's going to make the no not feel so heavy. Okay. You're going to get told no more than yeah. you get told yes. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the motivation to keep you going. And uh, no one would know how to even help you if you need it if they don't even know what you need and who you are. And so I think for me, knowing who you are is really important um yeah. and it's a thin line you know we always yeah. teased about it about being cocky versus confident yes and i wouldn't advise anyone being cocky i'm not i'm very no cool. absolutely but it's more about just being confident in who you are you know you you've had an experience and it's specific and one other thing i would note is that i didn't take a traditional route um, mm -hmm. but on purpose there right. are a lot of people in this industry their way in and it's not to knock it. It's just a more traditional way is that they move to L.A., they sit on somebody's desk as an assistant or they'll right. be an agent in the mailroom and they'll work their way up. Paying and, their dues that way. Yes. And they, they'll yeah. get fucked. But I learned very on that 
a lot of the people in this industry who have been the James of the world who came mm-hmm. open doors for me and the list yes. of so many of them out there that I owe so much to for what they were able to do so fast for me in my career. Yeah. But all of them collectively said it was my journey and experience that made me unique. Wow. And so it was like, you know, um, I remember when I first did my deal and the CEO at the time, you know, I'm the type of person I sat down, I'm ready. And I'm like, what does success look like to you? You know, that's a question most people don't ask the CEO. No. <laughs> for me, I'm like, I want to know. Yeah. I want to know what is going what on. You're thinking. Yeah. What you're thinking and, and, and how I'm going to play a part in that. You know, I want to know where the flagpole is mm-hmm. so you don't move it, you know. But I'm also just curious. You, you know, you run in a successful company. I want to know. Right. Um, just for my own learning. And I asked him, I said, what does success look like? And he gave the most honest answer. He said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't know. You know, he says, all I know is I come to work every day. I hire really smart people. Uh, we set a goal and we go out and we try to accomplish it. Yeah. And he said, but then the, the key thing he said to me is that he said, and to be honest, I don't even know if you're going to be successful. We do deals with a lot of people and sometimes they already are successful when they come to us. They start out, we don't know. Yeah. Said, but what I do know is that you think different. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and that's what our company needs right now is for Forward people open to think thinking. And that put a battery in my back. Yeah, like, boom. I, I, got, I got that. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so I so, guess what I'm just getting to is that's an example. I know who I am. I was able to present who I am yeah. to him. And he saw it for what it was. And so that would be advice that I would give people. Mm-hmm. So we see the Issa Rays, right? We see the people transition from YouTube, putting content out there every day. Um, how important is knowledge of the business and learning how to be paid for content? How important is that? It's very important because you have to be able to get someone to value what you are doing to a point that they'll pay you. Yeah, you know, getting paid is one of the hardest things in this industry. There's not a there's a there's a you know um, large amount of of content out there, but there's not enough platforms that's paying for it. Yeah. And so everyone, no matter who you are, are still fighting for that same thing. So knowing how to convert that is what's going to stop you from earlier on what I was talking about, which is you're just getting job to job to job and doing this linear thing. Yeah. And knowing how to go in and get that bigger check that mm-hmm. allows you to do your work and sustain you is yeah. going to be important. Let's play a rapid fire game. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a choice, either or, and you tell me what your preference is. All right. Love it. So New York or, or Los Angeles? New York. New York. Hands down. New York. Okay. Chicago or Miami? Chicago. Okay. Atlanta or Houston? I mean, that's cheating because you're in Atlanta. <laughs> no, <laughs> also, whatever you want. And also, Sherry is. Shout out to Sherry. <laughs> Shout out to my baby. <laughs> so Atlanta. So, I'm go Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. Early nights. I'm sorry. Early mornings or late nights? Late nights, all day. Late nights. Yeah, you get a lot of work done at night. night yes, that, yeah. yes, that's when the work happens. Okay. Uh, poetic justice or set it off? Poetic justice. Okay. Waiting to exhale or the wood? Waiting to exhale. Okay. Friday or barbershop? Friday. Friday. Brown sugar or love and basketball? Love and basketball. Okay. Juice or boys in the hood? Ah, juice. Okay. Pizza or Chinese food? 
neither. <laughs> neither? Okay, okay. Are you vegan? Nah, I just, yeah. Don't rock with either. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tried to pick some Bridgeport stuff. Okay. Um, Delta or JetBlue? Delta. Delta. Um, let's see. I'm always honest. <laughs> yeah, no, keep it real. Uh, Knicks or Nets? Knicks. Come on, okay. Knicks. My guy. Yes, sir. Uh, let's go uh, writing or directing? Writing. Right. Okay, uh, you're a fly guy. So sneakers and t-shirts or coats and boots? Coats and boots. You like to layer up. <laughs> okay, Love Jones or Jason's lyric? I uh, love Jones. Okay, the best man or boomerang? Boomerang. Okay, character or skill? Wow, that's a great one. That is a great one. Whew. Will you, will you hire someone based on their merit or will you hire someone because they're the best in the business or they're, and they're a terrible person? It's okay if it's... If it's you know why it's so a dope question? Because there's a lot of jerks in this mm -hmm. in this, in this this industry who you would That's never... True. There's a lot of people, your favorite director, actor, mm -hmm. if you look, no one ever works with them twice for a reason. Wow. And then their career starts to go like this. Yeah. Their character sucks, but they're really skillful. But at the same token, there's a lot of nice people who mm -hmm. you're nice and you have great character, but you just make everything that much <laughs> harder because you don't know what you're doing. Right. So it's like... You can do a ratio then if you want to do a ratio. Ooh. But I think at the end of the day, if I had to choose, I would pick character or skill. Yeah. I think I would want to work with somebody just based on your merit, right? You can, you can pull that out of somebody that is not as talented. I'm sure you can get what you need. Um, mm -hmm. As a photographer, right? I can get the shot I want based on my skill, being able to pull it out of them. So I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, let's let's bring it home, man. I, I appreciate your time, bro. I, I'm so grateful to you. Um, I just want to take this time to tell you that we love you. You are a kid from our city, from my city, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you're doing great things, man. Um, just just to see the success that you have, to see your name in the credits, to know we walked the halls together. You know, we went to Kelly's Deli together. You know, we, <laughs> we went to Sergio's together. You know, like just just to see you at events in our city and then to turn around and see your name on HBO um, and to see that you have your own company and that you're rubbing elbows with most powerful people in the, in the entertainment industry. Man, I'm honored that you would sit down with your brother and uh, give the free game to the kids. This is free. This man is busy. He's a very important person in the industry. And uh, he took the time out to rock with us tonight. So I'm, I'm grateful to you, bro. Thank you so much for rocking with us, man. I have one, well, two final questions. Um, you being a family man, how important is legacy to you? It's a, it's all, it's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I got, again, right behind me, see my two little daughters. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I've been fortunate that, again, I uh, even see my little daughter right now. She uh, <laughs> She's writing a, a screenplay. You know, wow. She's, she's eight. You know, <laughs> so yes, sir. it's it's like for me that just like again goes back to like I was talking about a sky and Shakira's son just yeah. seeing doing it, and so I want to be able to be that example for for the next. And again, I got so much that I'm accomplished, yeah. but I don't even feel like I've done what I'm set out to do. You know, yeah. like wow, I feel like there's just like another like you know another level, another another tier. 
and I won't stop until I get there, you know, but I think yeah. at the end of the day, legacy is, is important to me. Okay. How do you want to be remembered? For how I did it. Yeah. You know, I think for me, I can't control the accolades. I can't control the outcome. You know, I have so many great projects that I'm working in right now that I want to like share and say and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you and everyone is sitting knew my whole slate, you'd be like, "Oh my god, I can't wait till that one comes out." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this industry, nothing's ever guaranteed. Right. But what is already written is how I did it. Yeah. And okay. So, you know, I did it my way, and I did mm -hmm. it, you know, to my to my drum, but I didn't sell out. No. You know? Okay. I Talk always about remembered exactly who I was. And, and, you know, I'm still that guy from Bridgeport, you know, the East End, you know, in the heart, you know, and I go out in this industry. I know it's not built for guys like me, mm -hmm. but I refuse to be, you know, excluded. And so yeah. um, and not just be the status quo. Like, but talk about the fight that African-Americans and minorities have in the entertainment industry a little bit. I know it's a big subject, but can you touch on that a little bit? I mean, the reality is that, you know, it's just an industry that take race out of it for a second, there's okay. not enough slots. There's mm. not enough slots for every show, every idea. Yeah. And there's a lot of risk, if you want to just be honest. You know, the company has to put up a lot of money. There's some exec who's on contract. Most of the execs you pitch to, they are on contract. So they might be at the end of their contract. One mm. bad decision, two bad decisions could be their job, right? Yeah. Now when you throw, again, the idea of race into it, you know, historically has been a lot of us hadn't had opportunities. Yeah. So are you going to, again, when you talk about character versus skills, mm -hmm. are you going to go with the sure bet, the person who had all the opportunities and you know their skills, or are you going to go with the nice character person of color who didn't have the opportunity? Mm. So you're fighting that. And again, mm -hmm. I always, I always assume that racism, racism is my first assumption and second accusation, you know? <laughs> 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 my, you know, my first accusation, you might just be bad at your job. You might be yeah. sleeping on it, you know, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm somebody who experienced a lot of racism in the industry because okay. I've been fortunate That's a that, blessing. that a lot of people who, again, Jane Rosendahl, for example, and the list goes on. I mean, I could go on and on about the people who don't look like you and I yeah. open doors for me. But what that's I the favor. That's the favor of God, bro. And I don't mean to yeah, cut yeah. you off, but that's the favor of God on your life um, from how you were raised and how you carry yourself and his hand is on your life. And it's evident. You don't you don't get to the status of where you are without God's hand being on your life. You know what I'm saying? A thousand so, percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. If we go back to what I was saying, but my mom taught me about a black guy. If she did not, I could get it twisted and yes. think, oh, everything's great. When right. I'm like, I got that you opened the door for me, mm -hmm. but there's a hundred of us behind me that you did not. Yes. And so while you let me in this door, mm -hmm. I'm not going to forget. And yeah. sometimes it sometimes it be our own who yeah. sometimes fortunately be the ones against you. And you're like, really, you? Yeah. You, bro? You why? It's crabs <laughs> like, in a barrel, though, you know? Like, but... like, like, why? Yeah. But what I would say to anybody that's listening is you just have to know that if you have it, the talent, and you are patient about it, you can just do it where at the end of the day, people can't deny it. Yeah. You have a concept, an idea. The the industry is so that it just wants whatever is the next 
thing, the, the yeah. biggest whatever. Right. And so it's going to take a lot of networking, a lot of no's to sustain. Um, it's expensive for people to say yes. Once they say yes, that means they have to spend a lot of money. Right. They, it's easy for them to say no or not right now. But let's just call it what it is. There's not, and there has been, I would tell you, a, a better attempt in mm -hmm. recent years to be more exclusive. But these attempts have been, history is history. You know, yeah. these have happened in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, where if you look at different eras, you know, when you look at when Martin was on, there were lots of black TV shows and then there was none. Right. And then you go back and you're like, wait a minute, all oh, Richard Pryor had his own TV show back in the 70s and then we don't. So, yeah. you know, I think now that the industry is shifting and everyone doesn't know how to sustain the model, you're going to start to see another dip again where they mm. can just go with people who are sure and, and it is what it is. But we as a people just have to remember, you know, you can't rewrite history. There's already people before us that done it. We're yes. doing it now. And we got the younger generation that we have to again continue to sustain it. So and that's the whole purpose of this podcast, right? To to uh provide a platform to to get those stories, to get the intel to help the next generation. Um in the pocket means in the musical term, it means finding the beat and staying on the groove, you know, locking into that that rhythm. I want people to come to this podcast to get the, the free game to understand how to find their niche and stay in the groove. And my brother, you have done that tonight. You have given us your time. You have poured out of your heart and you have let us know your story. And I'm just grateful to you for your time and your, your energy that you gave us. Um, I, I love you and I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Um, kudos to you on all your endeavors, all your deals and all the future projects that you can't talk about. <laughs> 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 but we'll be watching. We're, we're, we'll continue to support you, man. Uh, Random Acts of Flyness, I think season two is coming. Yes, it's coming out this Friday, whatever that date is. What is it? The ninth? December 9th. Yes. Okay, so we'll be making sure that I try to get this out the same day so we can get that Random Acts of Flyness season two. Uh, now, are you your producer or EP? Or what, how do you, what's your title? EP on it. Um, I did it when... Uh, with a filmmaker, Terrence Nance. Terrence um, Nance, yes, sir. It, it originated when I was, I came, after Tribeca, I went to Time Warner, which is now Warner Discovery, mm -hmm. and I launched something called 150, which was mm -hmm. just a way to sort of support, and it still exists for people who's listening to you. Okay. It's a way for filmmakers who have a concept and they need some funding to prove the concept, mm -hmm. they can go to 150, uh, which is part of that whole sort of HBO, Warner Brothers. That's you know, awesome. Sort of ecosystem. And they yeah. could get money to create the the concept, okay. uh, proof of concept, short film, whatever. And so that was one of the projects, for example, that came out of that. And then when I launched into my own company, I just continued on with it as an EP. So you make content that stretches the mind, um, always making people think. Um, what 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 brings that out of you? The need I, to again know that you can't just be just all lean out. That's fluff. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. people want to be entertained. Yeah. But you got to kind of like give them a reason to lean into uh, so that it becomes conversational. That yeah. show is probably a little bit more left of center to be okay. you know, about, like a lot of stuff that I'm working on. Um, but what I'm most proud about is that, you know, Terrence did not sacrifice his voice. No, you know? um, it is definitely not for everyone. And it yeah. wasn't intended to be. But at the end of the day, it's a conversation for anyone who I think are, is open-minded enough to 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 want to be to to engage it. So, 
you know, I encourage everyone to just take a look because it's also, it's art for TV, you know? Yeah, it is. It's um, very artistic, definitely. And, and and there's not anything else on HBO that's like that. And so for us to be able to have gotten that through the door. Yeah. Know, and renewed season like, two, you know, a lot of shows, <laughs> a lot of shows have one season and you yeah. guys got the second season. So I, I pray for the third, fourth and fifth. Keep going, man. Well, I appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap with my brother, Tamir Muhammad, man. We are so proud of you. We're grateful for your time and in the uh, information that you passed on. Um, it's a terrible thing to have all this knowledge and not pass it on to the next generation. So that's what my platform is all about, pa passing the information on with these great people that come on and share and pour out of themselves to pour into the next generation. And my brother, we are proud of you. Um, we love you and we're grateful for your time and have a good night. And I will talk to you soon, my brother. Well, thank you. Mutual love. Appreciate yes, you. And keep going with this. We need it. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. Wow. That was amazing. Thank you to all our supporters. Please continue to support the podcast. Please tell a friend. We're on all digital platforms, on YouTube and on Facebook. Follow us on the In The Pocket Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Chip Ginyard, and I look forward to rocking with y'all again very soon. Continue to stay in the pocket. Peace.